0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman.
1: And I'm Charles Kelso.
0: And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week, we are joined by special guest, Fred Velez. And I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, because I just realized I hadn't actually heard it pronounced before.
2: You pronounced it quite quickly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Fantastic. Chuck does all the editing, so um, when I make a mistake, I rely on him to make me not look like an idiot. But this time, he can try. leave it all in. Um, sometimes he, he, there's no way to fix what i say but that, that, that's how it goes so uh welcome to the show fred
2: i'm very happy to be here it's nice to see you guys yeah uh, i've been listening to the podcast i'm uh, really enjoying it
0: fantastic oh, we're we're very glad to hear it so we're we're talking to you this week about primarily your your first book but also a little bit about your second book which I, um helene have you gotten to any of the second book at all yet
3: no not yet i'm just about done with the first one um I'm eating up to the point where you decide to write the book. So <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, it, it's, after, it's, it's, it's after February 29, 2012. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was a very tough uh, month. Yeah, it was, yeah.
1: Well, for folks listening at home, what book are you talking about?
2: We're talking about my first book about the monkeys called A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You, The Monkeys, from a fan perspective. And um, it's about my uh, my experiences with the monkeys uh, over the years as a fan, uh, regarding both starting as a fan and then eventually uh, working the uh, Mon- the early monkeys conventions, and eventually working uh, uh, with you know introducing members of the band on stage at the conventions, and even getting to work with one of them. Mm. Uh, wow! On one of his books, and we'll get into that. Later yeah. in the show, won't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anticipation, <laughs> anticipation.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. So, I I do have a question for you. When you when you decided on the title of the book, were you thinking about, hey, I'm going to have a second book too?
2: <laughs> I actually, uh, I did have an, a different title that I had in mind. Which I thought fit. It was also a monkey's song title, uh, "You and I," and I thought it kind of fit the theme as well. Mm. But my dear wife, uh, Linda. Uh, who was my fiancé at the time, said, uh, you and I is a good title, but, you know, uh, not every Monkey fan uh, knows that's those songs. I mean, there's two two songs with that title, but not every one of them knows you should go with a, a title that sort of fits the theme and is still familiar with everybody. Mm. So I thought, well, a little bit you, a little bit me, sort of fits. This book is a little bit my stories and it's a little bit other stories from other fans that I include I included in the book about their experiences with the monkeys. So the title sort of fits the theme. And then when I was thinking about the sequel, I thought use the title again, but use (laughs) two. Right, (laughs) (laughs) that's in the the song. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. It it was it was perfect.
2: And whenever they performed it in concert, they always did the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So I thought okay, I got my themes. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been a monkeys fan for a long time. Yes, for, practically from the beginning. Um, mm. I was actually, I think I heard the songs first on the radio before I even knew there was a television show. Wow. Uh, I, I was hearing the songs and I said, wow, these are pretty good songs. And uh, these guys sound great. And then later on, I found out that there was a TV series. I was, really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Because uh, I, I only heard the songs first. So when I found out it was a TV series, I used to be a big fan of Gilligan's Island, and I used to be opposite the monkeys. So I miss most of the first <laughs> season of Monkeys watching Gilligan's Island. And then once I discovered show, the, the show itself, goodbye, Gilligan. You can stay on the island. <laughs> so there's no Gilligan's Island
1: like, book coming out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, still like, uh, I still like Gilligan's Island. I thought it was a good show, too. Yeah. But once I got hooked to the monkeys, that was it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So how old were you when you got into the monkeys? Uh, let's see at the time uh, I was born in 1955 I was at least uh, nine going on 10 about okay. the time that the uh, the monkeys were, were on the scene mm. and then I guess I was I was a full 10 years old when I got fully into them
4: yeah and
2: and I started you know actually in the book I, I mentioned how I got my first monkeys album, which was more of the monkeys. I got that at a uh, at a uh, street at a street festival run by my local boys club. Mm. That they had a you know a lot of little games where you could win a prize, and there was one game which was a, a mouse race mm. contest. We had little live mice and they <laughs> ran down the oh, wow. track. And if your mouse won, you got whatever prize you wanted. So I saw the monkeys album. and said, oh, well, I'll get that." So I put my quarter on my mouse. He ran, he won. I got the album.
3: So
2: so you could say that it was mice and monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) And when I put the uh, album on at home and listened to it, just the first song, She, I was hooked Mm. right from the very beginning. Yeah. And I got to get more records. These guys are great. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Reading about your stories, going into all of those places and asking for monkeys records uh was mm-hmm. was quite um quite abusing i I enjoyed that a lot
2: <laughs> yeah um like I had to go to different record stores because they were at the time they were still popular the albums were still in the stores and then after the popularity waned, I was able to get some of those albums at a much cheaper price. <laughs> going through the teen magazines like 16 and tiger beat in the early 70s i found out that they were still recording uh, the mm-hmm. individual members. so i was able to pick up the albums of uh, michael nesmith and uh, davy jones's bell records
4: mm-hmm.
2: album and then seeing mentions of uh, singles by mickey and davy so I, I i tried scouring for those it took me long took me longer to find a lot of them but mm-hmm. i eventually got at least most of the songs that they had, or the singles that they had put out at the time that were are not charting but they were still i was still able to get them at um, some record conventions like a beetle like beetle fest yeah and um rock ages conventions and things like that and then uh i lived in new york city at the time so i had access Access to all those great uh, New York City record stores. Mm. So I would go in there and I'd say, Do you have this by Mickey Dolan's? And they would look around and say, Oh, yeah, I think we got it somewhere in the back. <laughs> and, and I was even, able to, uh, to complete uh, a good part of my early Solo Monkeys collection that way. Wow. And, and whenever Michael Nesmith put out a new album, I made sure to get it as soon as I could.
1: Right. Yeah. We're spoiled today where you can just. I mean, as soon as like 7A has, announces the release, you can go online and pre-order it and it shows up at your house. <laughs>
2: you know, it's super
1: easy.
0: Sometimes you forgot you ordered it and you're like, this present I got. Right.
2: But <laughs> yeah. well, the thing. Like uh, with the with the first 7A Records release of the Mickey Dolan's MGM collection, they pretty much had everything I I, I scoured at all the record stores for in one little package. Which was <laughs> right. Great. You know? yeah yeah on a,
1: on a beautiful release as well which you know oh. it's, it's amazing to see that that material come out with a great package and a great cover art and just high quality
2: i agree i mean 7a has been doing a fantastic job kudos yeah. to uh glenn and ian who who started uh 7a records and um looking forward to the upcoming releases maybe this week and mm-hmm. next month uh uh Peter. Right. So yeah. Peter in particular I'm looking forward to because of uh, of songs that are on there. That I, that one in particular I remember uh when I used to see Peter in concert back in the early eighties when he played uh The Village, especially the club uh Speakeasy, which mm-hmm. one of the recordings on this new upcoming release includes uh his his the song they used to do in concert, Vagabond John, which I think is one of the Best songs ever heard before. I don't know if you guys ever heard mm. the song. I don't know that I've heard I think, that one, John.
3: I, I want to say I heard a sneak peek on maybe Zilch did like they played a little bit mm. of it. And if it's the song mm. I'm thinking it in, I got chills listening to it because I was it, like, oh wow, it was amazing.
2: It's an amazing song. It's a shame that it was never released during Peter's lifetime, yeah, officially. But right. I'm glad it's finally getting an official release, and that I hope people. Who hear it will love it as much as i did many many years ago yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you got to go to um uh quite a few uh monkeys concerts uh in in their uh kind of not their early days because it uh you were about nine and ten at the time but uh a lot of their um post monkeys stuff you were able to get in there was a lot of you write uh, about you going in to see peter um, and then uh, finally, getting to see the the monkeys live on stage. Um, tell us a, bit, a little bit about your concert experiences there.
2: Well, the first the first members of the monkeys I saw in concert was Mickey and Davy when they toured as Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Heart in 1976 with Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart. The shows were the guys who wrote them and the guys who sang them. Yep, and it was uh, it was fantastic seeing. Two members, half the monkeys, mm-hmm. uh, in concert for the very first first time. I saw them at the Riverboat in New York City, which used to be based at the uh, basement corner of the Empire State Building. It's a Heartland uh, Pub there now, but they still have the staircase that used to go down into the uh, the entertainment set where the where you know live shows used to be. And I went with my with my baby sister, um, Miriam Cookie mm-hmm. and uh, my friend, Jerry Beck, who is a well-known uh, animation expert. And uh, he was a huge Monkey fan as well. We met at a screening of the movie Head just about almost a year uh, or a few months prior to, uh, to seeing uh, Mickey and Davey and Tommy and Bobby at the Riverboat. Okay. So that first experience of seeing him in concert was incredible. And I actually took uh, Super 8 uh, uh, home movies of the shows. And I have a, uh, I have it on my YouTube channel. Oh. So if you look up, uh, you know, my, uh, I'm Frev on YouTube. So if you look it up and you look up uh, monkey's Concert uh, home movies, uh, you should be able to find it. Okay.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then a year later, '77, uh, Mickey. And, well, Mickey and Davy had already split with Tommy and Bobby, and went on to do a, a show on of their own. Mickey's sister Coco and the La- and the band, the Laughing Dogs, and they played the Riverboat again. And they actually played some. Believe it or not, they actually played a date at TBGB's. Hmm. <laughs> oh wow! La- wow! The Laughing Dogs. Uh, we're doing a residency at the CBGB's and one of the shows, Mickey and Davey showed up. And, uh, <laughs> and the funny thing is that Peter Tork also played CBGB's when he was making his comeback. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually was going to see that show, but then CBGB's reputation scared me off. So I didn't go Peter <laughs> yeah. yeah. at, um, uh, at the speakeasy later on, which was great. So Mickey and, uh, Mickey and Davy and Coco played the riverboat as well, and those and I got some great home movies of that as well. And then around 1980, Peter Tork was playing uh, the Rock Ages Convention hmm. uh, at the Diplomat Hotel in New York City, and I took some more home movie <laughs> footage from sound. So all those are all together in my little YouTube channel. That's,
1: that's great. Amazing. Yeah, that's that that's amazing to to be able to be a fan of something over such a long period of time. And at last, there still have, I mean, were you surprised in the eighties when they had the resurgence via M- MTV? Uh,
2: um, yes, no, because we saw it happening. Yeah. Uh, from 1979 on, because, um, I actually attended the very first monkeys convention, 1979 in, uh, in New Jersey that Maggie McManus and Lois Gibson put together. It was a, it was a small, it was not a convention as you, you would think of conventions today. It was a right. a small fan gathering. It was just about 50 people and we we're just there just to celebrate the monkeys. There were no monkeys there. Mm. Uh, what music was played was on a little boombox <laughs> and people brought along their collections. Uh, they brought along their scrapbooks, their photo albums, and we just shared in what looking at all this stuff and all that i was able to get a couple rare singles uh at uh at this convention that uh, a friend uh judith hadlock had uh had brought over and it was uh the uh, Mickey uh, davy jones uh happy birthday mickey mouse single
4: you know
2: <laughs> which davy had signed oh wow you know, wow and all that so i got that and that was great yeah so uh, and uh, I didn't I forgot to mention that at the first Riverboat show after the show, I I had bought along the picture sleeve of the monkey's Oh, my my single that has Mickey Davies uh photos on it. I was able to and Mickey was nice enough to sign it for me. So his was the first monkey autograph I got in person. Davies yeah. I from a friend uh sometime before from a program where he did of when he did Revival of Oliver and Los Angeles in uh, 1972, I think. Mm. So Davey was the first one I got. Mickey was the first one I got in person. Oh,
0: wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I I wish there was more um, recordings of Davey and Oliver, like the original Broadway cast record of that, because I would love to hear that.
2: It's Um, a shame that uh, even though there is an original Broadway cast, Davey was already out of the show by the time they recorded it. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. he was doing, I think, Pickwick mm. by that point, uh, which he toured with Sir Harry Seacomb, one of my all-time favorite comedy comedy musical stars from the Goon Show. So, <laughs> uh, and uh, and I love the video of uh, of um, when Harry did uh, they did a "You be, uh, This Is Your Life" type of thing from England,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and Davy was there was there recounting stories of when they toured together in Pickwick which were very funny and the fine on YouTube as
1: well. Wow.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So when like in the
1: 80s when all of suddenly they were on M T V they had the resurgence, all of a sudden they were big concerts. You know, all of a sudden they were a big successful I mean one of the, the biggest concert series going around. I mean I, I expect you went back and you saw them with much bigger crowds than you had previously.
2: Yeah. Well like I was mentioning before yeah we saw it building up because as the monkey as the 80s rolled on, the Monkees convention started getting bigger and bigger. The next okay. day we had like 100 people. The next step mm. that, we had about 200 people. And then by the time we got to 86, even before they announced the, the tour and everything, we uh, Maggie and Ed Riley were able to secure Mickey, Davey, and Peter to show at the convention. And we had capacity for 1,000 people, and it sold out like that. Wow. This before, <laughs> the MTV thing happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. So when it was announced for the monkeys tour uh, and it was coincidentally, uh, that MTV was planning to show the episodes anyway. Mm. And Maggie was asked by MTV if she could possibly bring some of her collection over so they could show it uh, as part of the marathon they were going to do <laughs> said, well, I, I can't, cause I'm in New Jersey and I'm working. But my friend, Fred Velez, he has a collection and he could uh, you can get him. And he could bring it. So they <laughs> said uh, MTV called me and told me what they needed. I put everything I could into a suitcase, dragged it to the, to the MTV studios on, 50, on West 57th Street. They set it up uh, on their wall and everything. And I got to uh, watch the taping. Uh, they didn't interview me, but they did. They did the film the. Uh, uh, my collection on there. So if you see videos of the first MTV uh, monkey marathon from February of 86, and you see a monkey's collection in the background, that's mine. <laughs> that's fantastic. I
3: was, I was watching it. So I saw it. I just didn't know it was yours because I was watching the <laughs> back <then. laughs> And, that and
2: thing that happened there. Cause uh, I was I'm about to ask song. you
0: about the shirt. Yep.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Martha Quinn, who I absolutely adore, um, she uh, they they I had bought my monk my yellow monkey shirt and which you know had the sleeves and the monkey logo and all that, like what you're wearing there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Martha Quinn wanted to sort of make it like a rock and roll look. So she tore the sleeves off and all that. And then the uh, production assist, the, the production manager said, that's fred velez's shirt just, who's fred velez he's the guy who bought this stuff over <laughs> so, so martha quinn is on mtv and she apologizes to me on camera you know and then after they tape her a bit she comes right to the green room said fred i'm sorry i didn't mean to to hurt your shirt said, it's okay martha i always sell it <laughs> <laughs> now and now it's on mtv
0: First monkeys marathon, <laughs>
2: exactly <laughs> right. So um, it was, it was, uh, it was okay. It was a nice memory, and I got some money for the shirt, uh, so that was okay. I was about to ask. Was, that was
0: gonna be my next question. Do you still have the shirt? But it seems no, like not.
2: No, I did sell it, uh, and I, I mentioned. Shown on the Monkey Marathon, torn to pieces by Martha Quinn. <laughs> Martha, if you're watching this, we love you. <laughs> or if you're listening to this, I mean.
1: Right, right. So as uh, I guess the fandom got a big sort of influx of younger members, newer members in that period, was there any animosity from the first generation fans when the second generation fans came in? Or was it like, hey,
2: more the merrier, Come, welcome to the party? Basically, that was it. Uh, it was more the merrier. Uh, we figured, look, you know, um, the older fans were very grateful to see the monkeys get all this attention. Mm. And the fact that the um, there were new fans there made it even better for us because uh, of the tour. The tour was originally going to be a very short tour, and Michael Nesmith was originally going to do some of the dates as long as they kept it short. But then, because of the... the ticket demand they kept adding more shows and more shows and more shows and michael nesmith was very busy with pacific arts at the time mm-hmm. i just couldn't uh couldn't uh, spare the, the the extra time so he had to bow out on the tour but mm-hmm. he did join them for the uh the september greek theater show which mm-hmm. is amazing if you ever see right. the footage of that, oh, that yes. MTV yeah. showed the mtv footage of and they also did he also joined them for the uh the mtv christmas video in 1986 <laughs> which i yep. was at the taping for were you so, really and i have pictures i took on the set and i have a picture taken with me and davy and, and me and michael at, at at the uh at the taping and i got uh, a copy of maggie mcmaster's monkey business fanzine signed by all four of them mm-hmm. and um the one that was that I found hard to get was Mickey, because because he was so busy saying hello to everybody that I, was, I just basically was chasing him all over the studio. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about like Mickey. And, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, Peter was the first one because Peter knew me,
4: yeah, uh,
2: from all the shows I saw him in the '80s, and um, Davey remembered me from 1984 when I helped to get him booked on the Uncle Floyd show. Because mm-hmm. he came in '84 to do some kind of promotions, and Maggie asked Maggie McMass asked me, "Is there any show that we can try and get Davy on? Is it Uncle Floyd? Because I know Floyd, so we were able to arrange for him to be there. And I got a picture of me taken with Davy on the Uncle Floyd show set.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So Davy knew me uh, from that. So and it was just an amazing experience. And if you see the Christmas video, even though you don't see me, I am in there." <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, was, it was an incredible experience is that the one
1: where mike is santa claus yes yeah
2: yes and he revealed he comes you see him the three monkeys with santa claus and it's not till the very end of the video that it's revealed that santa claus is mike nesmith right <laughs> <You> know, <surprise>. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a lot of fun it sounds
1: like it mm-hmm. elaine you look like you're about to say something
3: oh Yeah, no, because I had written when I was reading it, um, because I am the fan that came in in the '80s. I was like 12 years old, 1986, when everything came out and (laughs) was one of the screaming teenagers seeing them. Um, And I first saw them; they were with um, like Herman's Hermits that that tour, that very first one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was surprised about the stuff where after Pulet came out with MTV not
4: mm.
3: doing what the fans wanted them to do. And then the actual proof that, you know, Pulit and heart and soul were being requested and not being played. I was like, going, oh, I had no idea that was going on. Oh so yeah. Really, I was, uh, yeah. I, I was like, wow.
2: That was a big to do. That's one of my reveals in yeah. the first book. Yeah. And that in 87, because, uh, the monkeys mostly because of Davey, uh, refused to do a super bowl promotion for mtv they were suddenly on their uh do list-, list yeah yeah <laughs> so mtv stopped promoting the monkeys they stopped showing the reruns they didn't do anything regarding the monkeys and they ex- and they you know they banned them outright mm. and mtv used to have a video request uh segment where if uh, fans voted for particular videos they would show them in mm-hmm. the order that they were that they were rating and mm. the heart and soul video came in in the top 10 top 20 several times but uh mtv refused to show it in fact i think out of spite they showed they instead put in the heart and soul video put out by the group to because they both put out songs with the same title yeah. so in lieu of the monkeys they put on the pow video instead and wow I received an an anonymous package
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: that showed the printouts from the MTV uh, voting, and it showed how high uh, "Heart and Soul" was being the monkeys "Heart and Soul" was being voted on, and I said, "Whoa, but m- Mama!" <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> wow, and I, that
3: was surprising and to
2: me. <laughs> we printed it. We printed it in uh, Maggie's Monkey Business fanzine as proof of the chicanery going on, right? Yeah. And uh eventually when uh viacom which had mtv also started vh1 and nickelodeon uh the monkeys started showing them Nickelodeon nickelodeon channel which was basically a ch- a kids channel so mm-hmm. they sort of regulated them to the kids sort of like what happened after the initial run of the primetime monkeys going mm-hmm. to saturday morning just a few months later right That's basically right. what happened with nickelodeon yeah so and Heart and soul got shown finally but not on MTV, uh, which is, you know, and that's one of the reasons I stopped watching MTV. <laughs> I, you know.
0: That along with it not being music <laughs> video I, television anymore. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah, but MTV just celebrated 40 years, so thank you for 15 years of music. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and it's just so crazy because, like, it. I mean, it was basically started by a monkey. Someone else bought it from Mike basically the, the idea right. and then they have this whole big monkeys resurgence thing they're making a new monkeys show mm-hmm. and because they failed at scheduling with people and confirming dates they decided to blacklist them even though it was it seemed to be fully on them of why the monkeys canceled cuz they had other commitments and they started hey. advertising stuff they didn't schedule <laughs>
2: <laughs> right well davy basically he um he he had it he wanted to be with family he didn't want to do it uh so that's one of the, thats a reason mm-hmm. um and the thing is that because of the monkey backlash and boycott that MTV did the new monkeys didn't get promoted on the sh- channel mm-hmm. either right and it's kind of a shame because uh they are if you've checked out the new monkeys album mm-hmm. it's actually a good 80s pop album. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Marty Ross is a DJ on the the Monkey Mania radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he's he's just put out his a uh, solo recording produced by Mo- by Christian Nesmith which is amazing. Yeah. So um and I know there was a big backlash against the new monkeys from monkey fans which I thought was unfair, you know. Um I I and I I admit that I was sort of part of that gang against them. But then I realized later on, you know, these guys are talented. These songs are good and it's not their fault. You know, it was the producers. They were promised. The new monkeys were promised that the show would not be called the new monkeys. It was just, it was just going to be part of the hype from the producers of the monkeys Mm -hmm. and they were going to give it a totally different name. But then they just went with new monkeys anyway. And that sort of, Put the kibosh. They knew right there that they painted a target on their backs, yeah. Right. and good. The music was or whatever. They were going to get. They were going to get uh, knocked on the head for it. Plus, you know the fact. You know, honestly, the show wasn't that good. You know, uh, <laughs> it was a know, little
0: weird. It was weird. Mon- <laughs> it was. It wasn't a monkey show.
2: The new monkeys themselves say that the show wasn't that great because. With the monkeys, they had professional writers writing the show. They had uh, uh, great directors like Jim Frawley and uh, Bob Rapelson directing the shows. They had people like Paul Mazursky involved. And um, so with the New Monkees, uh, they had mostly new directors uh, that just came out of video school, mm-hmm. and new writers who basically came out of writing classes. They just didn't have the people that were seasoned enough to write really good uh, scripts, and they had to they had to deal with what they had. They had to work with what the, what was given to them. Right. Yeah. So basically, the show is not that great. Either great the video, the music videos, in the shows are great. Yeah. Uh, but the the comedy in the show is very weak, mm. and uh, the, the guys in New Monkeys themselves will admit that. Mm. So uh, it's just a shame, Dave. They, they 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 went through something they didn't deserve to go through, yeah. But the the difference is that the four guys are still as close friends as they were back in in, in those days. And whenever there's a new monkeys reunion, it's always a pleasure to see the videos. You mm-hmm. see how gleeful they are that they love
3: being yeah. together.
2: Yeah. And the fact that the monkeys themselves, uh, the remaining monkeys, which was Mickey, Mike, and Peter, embraced them into the into the family, mm. they, they've officially accepted them as part of the family, and to the point where Mickey and Mike had pictures taken with them, and Mickey actually performed with the new monkeys at, at one of the reunion at one of the reunions. Mm. So um, the fact that uh, that you know, I think it's time bury the hatchet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Bury the hatchet. Monkeys not in the neck but <laughs> 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 they're part of the, they're part of uh they're not they might be a footnote but they're an important footnote sure yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they were picked by Bob Rafelson and Birch schneider too
4: yep. so
2: uh they they deserve uh, a lot of respect today and I'm glad that Marty Ross is part of the Monkey Mania radio and I love his new music and I hope Marty keep keep pushing there, man <laughs> <But yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that just recently. I mean, the, I mean there, it's it's a part of the Monkeys' legacy, whether it's yeah. you know whether whether the show has the things that a Monkeys fan is looking for in it or not. You know, whether it's successful in that capacity or not. I mean, it's it's part of the story, you know. And there's and now it's I mean, it's almost
2: forty years ago, so it's you know, there's no sense of being mad yeah. anymore, you know. Yeah. Well, I wrote a I wrote a chapter about the new Monkeys in my book, and I was I I tried to be as fair as possible to them giving them credit where the credit was due Mm. Mm -hmm. and i heard from both marty and dino and i think uh they relayed from both jared and larry that they appreciated me doing the turnaround you know the
4: 180
2: (laughs) (laughs) and that they appreciate the fact that i do i do respect them very much and uh i'm for you guys i am (laughs) yeah it's funny
0: the the new monkeys was uh one of the first couple of monkeys albums we got uh because you probably listen to our podcast we got into the monkeys very very late <laughs> um and we happened across a new monkeys album um at a bookstore that's kind of along uh the tennessee um south north carolina line called mckay's and there's a new monkeys album just sitting in front of a a stack of records and we're like hey look at this
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah good album uh definitely and it's official it's officially available again uh both streaming and you can download it uh dry tunes apple music uh all the uh streaming uh Outlets, so go out there, folks, and look for that album. It's a good one, yeah, right?
3: That, that's how I listen to it because I have lost my cassette tape version of it back from when I originally <laughs> bought it in the 80s, it, it had disappeared,
2: right? <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, this is not any saying anything uh, out of school or anything like that. I wouldn't be surprised if 7-8 does something. You never know. That, that would, would be fun. That. I would, love, would it, be love, fun. It, love it. love it. You hear that, Glenn? <laughs>
1: <laughs> At the 42Cast, we want to bring you everything. And that's why we've jam-packed the next few months with as much as we can. You not only get the same reviews, topics, and interviews that you did before, you also get screen reads, where we compare a movie to its source material, or Role Models, where we talk about tabletop gaming. It's never been a more exciting time to check out our show. It's your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. So why not check it out? We can be found on most podcasting platforms, and we are a proud member of the ESO Network.
2: So when Pool It came out, how, how did you feel about Pool It? I was excited for New Monkeys' album. I was slightly disappointed because it wasn't like what they sounded like back in the 60s and I think that's that's what they wanted mostly right. Davy and Mickey uh to uh to to be more modern and all that I know that mm-hmm. uh, uh the, the producer uh was Richard been or something like that I can't, he produced uh, squeeze and Elvis Costello he yeah. wanted to put out a traditional sounding monkeys album. They wanted to put out something more modern like Squeeze or something like that. Right. So, so they, you know, they went with what they had. They did some of the songs are great. I love Heart and Soul. Yeah. Right. I think that's a great song. Yeah. Uh, Mickey's version of uh, rec- uh, Reckless Eric's uh, I Go a Whole Wide World is good. Uh, oh, yes. That one. Yeah. Don't Bring Me Down, which was co written by. Uh, uh tommy james of Tommy james and the shandells is good uh, peter's songs are great yeah mm-hmm. i love him. and also the other one since you went away i remember him performing that in the early days in the in, in the early 80s at the at the clubs in the in the village mm. and and to me was like him uh paying homage to both bowie and prince mm-hmm. you could hear that the influence there and uh, peter was a big david bowie fan a he great great he admired prince so he put those elements in the song i think it works very well and davy's songs are good uh i love you forever is a nice uh pop ballad and counting on you which was written by his his partner alan green is a nice song too which i think is a good album closer mm. and um it it's uh it has its ups and downs i sure. mean uh
3: I was going to say what? nobody's mentioning she's moving in with Rico. <laughs> I, you wouldn't. You
2: wouldn't I didn't want to mention it. They didn't want to mention it. You mentioned
3: it. <laughs> it, it. I. I have a soft spot for It, mainly because I was in the throes of Monkey Mania when it came out, and I know it's a cheesy song, and it's not the best song on the album, but there's something. The amusing about it, <laughs> it's moving It's
2: very, very, amusing. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some other songs they could have probably uh, done uh, in, uh, outside of Rico, but uh, yeah. could have, maybe had put out some some uh, singles in the eighties that I, that I thought, uh, like "After Your Heart," I think is a good song. Mm. Uh, also, uh, "Hanging by a Thread." Which uh, I don't know if it came before. It may have came out after uh, "Pullet" came out, but uh, that's a good song too. And those are the songs oh. I probably could have replaced a couple of songs on uh, on "Pullet." Uh, but "Pullet" is what it is. It's yeah. uh it's an '80s Monkeys album. It sounds like an '80s Monkeys album, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and,
2: and- elements are a lot of fun to listen to.
1: And you were very tuned into sort of the the fan community at that time, so I expect people were sort of a buzz that there was a new Monkees album coming out after all these years. But then it comes out and it sounds very different. I mean, was it well received generally by the Monkees
2: community, or was there some pushback against it? The monkey fans on the whole front at that time uh, embraced it, okay. but uh, because it wasn't getting the promotion, right? It couldn't MTV. It didn't do that well in the charts. Unfortunately, mm. the single "Heart and Soul," which was a great single. Didn't do that well either, um, you know. Uh, the year before uh, this was that was then. This is now
4: mm-hmm.
2: was a top twenty hit for them. Their first right. top twenty since nineteen sixty eight. Great song, um, yeah. Uh, but um, "Heart and Soul" uh, was in like the top fifty or or s- in the top hundred somewhere, but not uh, didn't do as well as it could have done. Right. If they had gotten better promotion. Sure. So it's a shame that all this happened, but it it happened. It happened, and it's not it's history. You can't do it. You can't change it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So moving along into the '90s, I mean, um, you know, you had a, a bigger reunion, even in the you know, with um, for Justice and the, the new TV special where they were all. I mean, they. they I, I think the. The the Justice I can't remember now what it's called, but the Justice TV special is cute. They sort of act like the monkeys has been going on all this time and it's episode 1000 or whatever. <laughs> um, but I mean how how is it seeing seeing sort of that resurgence for the 30th anniversary?
2: Well, I want to backtrack a little bit okay uh, to '99 when the monkeys received their star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes. Yeah. Mike Nesmith was part of that uh for that ceremony, and he played with them in the first fully-rehearsed monkeys concert since 1968, wow. uh, Universal Amphitheater. And I got to see that show, which was incredible. Oh, wow. and, and then uh, was involved, there was a monkeys convention in Hollywood going on that weekend for the uh, for the ceremony and the concert. And Helen Pantuso, who helped to spearhead the uh, campaign for the star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, had assigned me as part of the security for the monkeys <laughs> at the uh, at the theater where Head premiered in 1968 in California in Hollywood. So oh. that's where the picture of me on the front cover of my book, my first book, yeah. uh, with all four monkeys. Mm. Elaine, show it even though we can't show it on the podcast. Yeah,
3: I, yeah, <laughs> yeah we got one
2: right here too. <laughs> yeah. That's where that picture was taken, and uh, I have a great story in, in the book about that. Yeah, and the. Uh, I knew the photographer who was taking the picture, of Michael Bush, who was taking a lot of photos of the guys. And I knew Peter and I knew Davey and Peter at, at in the theater. Uh, Peter actually introduced me to Michael Nesmith. And, uh, and I have met Mike previously, but he, he gave me a formal introduction. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking you know, and everything like this. And Michael Bush is taking photos. And he says to me, uh, Fred, excuse me, but you're in the photo. Says, oh, I'm sorry. I start to move out. All <laughs> of a sudden, I feel an arm grab me. A hand grabbed me by the arm and pulled me back in. It was Peter Tork. And he looked at me and said, Fred, Fred, you're in the picture. So that pretty picture of me with all four monkeys with the look on my face, I can't believe I'm in this photograph. <laughs> so I always thank Peter Tork for that. Wow. And then moving on to the 90s now. Yeah. To just us. I was very excited about hearing the, st- the rumors that. The, there was going to be a 30th anniversary and that Mike was going to be involved in tour with them. Hmm. And Charles Rosenay, uh, who was involved in the early monkeys convention, in Connecticut, and actually got Peter to appear as the first monkey at a monkeys convention. Wow. And, uh, in 82, he was doing a Beatles convention, in Connecticut. And Peter Torque was one of the guests. No, not Dave, Peter Tork, It was Davy Jones. Excuse me. Okay. Davy Jones was one of the guests. And, uh, and Charles called me to because he wanted me to interview Davy on stage, so we did that. Um, he at the uh, when it was time for Davy to come downstairs, uh, he told me the secret uh, a room that he was in you know, the, se- the secret hotel room he was at. And I trust you, Fred, don't you don't let anybody else know. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there, I uh, got Davy. we went downstairs. And I originally came out the uh, way from the backstage area to get them down there. So as we were heading down there, um, we were passing one of the, the video rooms that were showing uh, beetle videos and monkey videos and stuff like that. And there was no way that we're going to pass by that door without people seeing Davy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we just started walking past. People saw Davy. I looked at them and said, you did not see him and we kept going <laughs> and then um, we started heading towards the the backstage area and i couldn't find the door that led to the ballroom and davy said well what's going on fred and i said <laughs> wait here, right davy i'll be right back don't move from the spot i yeah. went on ahead found the door rushed back to davy a couple of fans had followed us and he was chatting with them and um then we then we got them inside the ballroom, and we're going to introduce them. But Charles had had the video of the monkeys uh, Pizza Hut commercial with Ringo Starr, mm-hmm. and he's going to show that as an intro, which included the outtakes from the the commercial. <laughs> but but then the the tape went on a walk. Someone had snatched it. Oh, oh no! So we had to find an alternative right away. So I rushed to the video room, went to one of the guys, said, do you have a video of Davy Jones on the Ed Sullivan show the same night the Beatles uh, <laughs> performed on that show? He says, yes, I do. He says, could you please let us have it so we could intro Davy? And I told him to fast forward to the Davy part. And he did. He said, I promise I'll bring the tape back. He said, Fred, it's yours. I'm just happy to, uh, <laughs> to, to be involved. So we got wow. the tape showed the the, uh it's all been introducing oliver with davy there singing and then we introduced davy and we did the interview and it all went great you know and that was one of the great moments in my life and i mentioned to davy uh during the interview says now i understand that you're going to get together with three other fellows next year and the fans started going crazy (laughs) he said well yeah sort of you know (laughs) (laughs) plans and um, then the next year happened and uh, we heard all the rumors about uh, Just Us being recorded and the tour. Uh, they were going to tour England first, but first they were going to do a special concert in California. at I think it was a Hard Rock or it was uh, some club down there, mm. uh, which um, the Monkees were going to perform songs from, from Just Us the first time live with michael nesmith and wow. plus a couple of songs and uh, and uh, there's a video of that if you go on youtube you, you'll be able to find it of that concert it oh it was a billboard club that's what it was the billboard club and sadly it's the last concert footage of all four monkeys in concert in the united states
4: mm. yeah
2: and then a few months later they did the tour in england which was the only time that michael did a full tour with, with all four monkeys, and unfortunately, uh, as I understand that the cho- the shows were sold out, the fans were ecstatic; they were having a great time, but they were savaged by the by the critics, right? And uh, and I and they were very cruel. The monk, the, the British press was very cruel to them, and I think Michael Nesmith said, "I don't need this," hmm. so he pulled the U.S. leg of the '97 tour, which is a shame. And it made the other three angry at him for a while. Right. But yeah. They 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 pressed on and did the tour uh, anyway, uh, minus a couple of Michael Nesbitt's songs. <laughs> <laughs> but if you and I attended uh, a couple of those shows, and they were they were fantastic shows, and um, it was the first time that Mickey Dolan's had performed Porpoise song in concert on, on in those shows. So. Um, if you if you see any of the videos from the 97 tour or just the three of them they're great shows and then there's the the show the the, the videos of the shows taped in england which are also incredible because you got all four of them up there
4: <laughs>
2: um getting seeing the videos from that period shows you w- what we missed in 97 you know if only things had you know had gone differently and all that yeah so but at least we have uh, those videos, so we can see how good those shows were. Right, we were.
1: Yeah, I mean, after you know what, five decades of being a Monkees fan, what what keeps you coming back and excited? I mean, you were just at going to Mickey's show and reviewing it this past weekend. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you ever, you never, I guess, feel like oh, I've seen this guy
2: forty-seven times in concert. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I can't even think of how many times I've seen. Them in concert, both as a group and solo. Right, I've lost count a long time ago. I knew I know I saw them at least eleven times in '86 mm. and a few more times in seven, and wow. not as much the years, but I still got to see as many shows as I could. Yeah, uh, as many of the solo shows whenever it was Peter davy Davey, Vicky and Mike doing solo shows. Um, I had the thrill of seeing Mike do his first uh, solo shows in decades. In 91. And that was incredible when he was promoting the reissue of his old albums, mm-hmm. his old RC albums that Rhino was putting out. Right. The thing that gets me about the Monkees is that no matter how many times I've seen them, both group and solo, the shows just got better and better. Then mm. it was better that this was a great show. And then I see the next show, this was better than the last one. And then <laughs> I go to the next one and say, this is better than the last one, you know. Yeah. It just got I mean, it's the same thing. Uh even solo it was the, th- it was the exact same thing. I, I and um with Mickey, uh we saw him Friday night, and he killed. My mm. goodness, what an amazing show. I s so, we're still talking about it. And the shows he did in, in uh Sellersville the next day uh were just as good. Uh made a little better because at at the Hanover shows they didn't have the videos. Uh but at the uh Sellersville show they did so. Oh, nice! The show were enhanced by the videos that were shown, so
0: that
2: right. uh, added to the excitement of the sh- of the concerts. Yeah. And I got the—I guess I could—I could claim to have seen almost every Monkees-related, every Monkees group concert, whether it was two, three, uh, and back to two again over the years, starting with Dolan Jones, Voice and Heart. And ending with Mike and Mickey last year, mm-hmm. sadly, yeah. was the last Monkeys tour. Yeah,
3: right. you know, yeah. You know, yeah. we
2: have to, we have to uh, live with the fact that the Monkeys as a group no longer exist. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, and that Mickey's the only one left, and God love him. You know, <laughs> he'll be with us as long as God allows. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that. Uh, what you get out of everything is a feeling of community and love. Mm-hmm. Right. From those guys and from us as the fans. I think yes. that's kept them going. That we what it wants to keep going that we love you guys. We want you just to keep going. We want you to keep doing things. You know, thank, thank, thank goodness we had things like Good Times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The Christmas Party and all the releases from 7A Records. You yeah. know, those and things like the Zilch uh, podcast and mm-hmm. Facebook page and you guys and, right. yeah, <laughs> and everything yeah. else. So um, I think you know it's the same kind of thing that we have with the Beatles that the fans have helped kept the legacy going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference is that uh, the Beatles, as much as we love them, are always like faraway figures. They're like up <laughs> there, Mount Olympus. We could just about see them and touch them but quite that can't quite reach them you know even though uh we got paul and ringo and thank god ringo is feeling better and he's going to resume his tour
4: yeah uh,
2: and all that and even if paul's voice is not as strong as it used to be he's still touring god love him for that
4: yeah uh, mm-hmm.
2: oh yes but with, the, but with the monkeys you know it's in the theme song we may be coming to your town so get ready
4: <laughs> yeah you know and right
2: and they kept that promise, you know, mm-hmm. they did get to our time. And the thing is, the monkeys, I think both because of television and because of the music and everything, they were much more accessible than the Beatles were. The Beatles were always like locked away and everything, you know. Yeah, but sure. The monkeys, uh, they went through that little period of almost the same thing. And then when the mania died down, people saw them as, you know, the human beings they were mm-hmm. and loved them much. Yeah. So it was possible to get to know people like uh, Peter Tork and Davy Jones, the two monkeys that I did get to know. Um, Mike, uh, he knew me by face and he knew I was a fan, but he didn't, he said, he didn't say, oh, Fred Belez. No, he, like, <laughs> he, he recognizes me as a fan that's been around and all that, but we're not. I'm like, said, oh, hi, Fred. He doesn't. Coco does. Coco does.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> And, uh, uh davy's um davy's daughters talia sarah uh jessica and annabelle they know who i am and god loved them too they're such lovely ladies and mickey said it best that you could tell the you could tell the heart of a man by by his children how yeah. it how it came out and you can see that with davy's daughters and all that and michael Nesmith's uh children are all multi-talented artists oh yeah Mm -hmm. amazing and um so uh christian Nesmith is an incredible producer and he produced uh a lot of stuff you know with his dad you know uh, like the uh, troubadour concert Mm -hmm. and uh and uh the, the stuff the 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 don't sings Nesmith Nez album which is yes. live. Oh, yes amazing and, and he produced Marty Ross's new album mm-hmm. so uh so um he, he him and Jason uh, Jessica Jason and, uh, I'm trying to remember the other one can't can't think of his name right now sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're all. Jonathan, Jonathan. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. For- <laughs> They're all very talented people, and it's it's great that the legacy will continue through them. Maybe they won't, you know, perform their dad's music, but at least the the spirit of their father will exist in the music. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: All right. So be sure to check out Fred's book, "A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You," and also "A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You." two, two. <laughs> <laughs> make sure to check them out it's i haven't uh, as i said earlier i haven't quite finished it i'm a little over halfway through but it has been a fantastic read um and i've been yeah. greatly enjoying it and you got a little little taste of a little bit of the stories that were in there but there's so much more detail that yes. happens in the book so i strongly encourage everyone to to get a copy of it and i'm very much looking forward to finishing it and getting the next one and devouring it
2: <laughs> yes the saga continues
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely
2: now someone asked me if i'm going to write a third one mm. and i could say unequivocally no <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't want to be known as the guy that every time a monkey dies but he writes a book
4: oh yeah
2: no. <laughs> oh. no, oh, i don't want that uh, i may i have some other ideas maybe i'll do something monkey related but right now Monkey related, I'm writing my reviews on my website, Freddie Pop, and also on the monkeys.net homepage uh, website as well. And also, if you go on my Facebook page, I, you'll, you'll see me uh, writing some stuff there, too. And I have two Facebook pages, Monkey Fan Book and uh, the Davy Jones, Peter Torek and Michael Nesmith Memorial uh, Remembrance uh, page uh, group. Um, the thing is, when I started the, that group, it was just dedicated to Davy and yeah. Peter and then Mike, you know, yeah. uh, so um, God willing, Mickey's with us as long as possible. Yes. yes. I don't I do not want to put his name on there yet. No, <laughs>
4: you <know>? no, no, <laughs> long, long,
2: long, time. <laughs> right. But we love them. And um, Mickey, if you're listening, listen to this and I'll send you a link. <laughs> <laughs> all love you very much, and we wish you and your family all the best. Yes, we do.
3: And Elaine, where can people find more of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at <laughs> Monkeying Around, and at our Facebook group, Monkeying Around. And how about us, Chuck?
1: FeltDirty.com. And? Earth Station Trek, a podcast about Star Trek.
0: All right. Thanks for monkeying around. <laughs> Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. Uh, hey, look,
1: we got a split.
0: <laughs> this has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public store